0: life there are moments that shape the future moments that either redirect or spur us forward these moments can't be planned and are very rarely anticipated but they happen they happen to all of us for one man his moment happened a very long time ago a time when the earth was walked by the Son of God right alongside an old familiar tree it was this old familiar tree that a man was sitting hoping to catch a glimpse of the one they called teacher, miracle worker, friend of sinners. There's no way anyone that day could have guessed what would soon follow. For this friend of sinners called on the biggest sinner and said, I must stay at your house today. That was his moment, his sycamore tree moment, the moment his life was forever transformed. My name is Sam and I'm a member of the student ministry here at Joy. Just over a year ago, Pastor Tommy brought the idea of Sycamore to the student ministry here at Joy. He reminded us that we've all benefited from a person that helped us see Jesus and that now we need to be people that do the same for others. Since that time, we've done a lot with Sycamore, from having a piece in our pockets, to using it as decor, to now having Sycamore necklaces around our necks. It's been cool to see. What's even more awesome is that this Sycamore idea has led us to impacting other churches and other communities. We know not every young person will have the privilege of coming here to student ministry, so we believe that if we can help other youth groups and support them so that they can do some things they otherwise wouldn't be able to do, that would impact many more lives by Jesus. Here's how it works. Every time you raise $500 to select a student ministry to bless, we send them a package with some Sycamore necklaces, a check, and a personal letter from Pastor Tommy. They get the package and then are free to use the money to buy equipment, a microphone, host an event, or whatever. Through the selling of Sycamore necklaces and other forms of generosity, we have been able to help six student ministries from St. Cloud all the way to Wisconsin. Here are some clips of some of the youth pastors saying thank you.
1: Hey guys, this is Tyler from Celebration Lutheran Church. Just want to thank you so much for your generosity and uh, your gift uh, through your Sycamore Fund. Uh, We used it this winter to purchase a set of broomball sticks and goals and everything like that for broomball for our student ministries, middle school and high school. We really enjoyed it. And really appreciate uh, you reaching out to us so it was kind of funny Pastor Tommy emailed me and I I actually thought it was a fake email address and and uh, kind of a hoax and a uh, uh, spam and didn't know that it was a real thing but I uh, gave Pastor Tommy a call and talked it over and it was real so thank you guys again so much uh, kind of funny how that worked out but I really appreciate your generosity and how you've helped uh, Celebration Lutheran Church's youth ministries grow through that generosity. Again, so much for donating a computer to our tutor Center through the Sycamore Fund. We are so thankful.
2: We deeply value partnering with you for the Kingdom.
1: Thanks for being Kingdom-minded, Joy.
2: We appreciate you.
1: Bye! Hey, this is Pastor Josh from Avon Community Church over here at Avon, and we just want to say thank you for your generous donation from the Sycamore Fund. Uh, We're able to put that towards uh, kids going to Bible camp who are less fortunate this summer, Um, and it's just a huge blessing what you guys have done for us over here at Avon. Keep up the great work, thanks again. We're
2: gonna play some ping-pong today, but I need a volunteer.
1: Who's gonna volunteer for me? All right, volunteer. Zero, zero, you ready for this?
3: Wow.
1: Man, I wish we had a ping pong table. Let's
2: go.
3: package. I have no idea what this is. I'm excited. Good. You want to read it out loud? Okay. Yeah. Okay. It says, Nicole, hey it's Tommy. Just to let you know, Carrie is in on this. She knows exactly uh, what is happening. So, this is so funny. Um, so if you would permit her to record you um, as you read this, I'd appreciate it. Just over a year ago, I took our student ministry team on a retreat near a huge lake in Minnesota. Over the course of our time there, I directed the attention, uh, our attention to the story of Z- Zacchaeus. I uh, reminded the team that just like Zacchaeus, we've all benefited from a sycamore tree. In our case, a person that helped us see Jesus. Our Sycamore Fund is real simple. Basically, our student ministry raises money to help support other student ministries. Our hope is that by resourcing other youth ministries, more young people across the nation will see Jesus and experience life change as a result. Enclosed in, in this package is a check written out to your student ministry. Please cash it, it's legit. Um, our prayer is that uh, this money will help fill a need uh, that you have within your ministry and that it will help you move forward in the vision you have for the students in Waipeka. Uh, you might wonder how this ended up in your hands. It's not a long story at all. Truthfully, over the short time that Angela and I got connected with you, uh, we became really impressed. You have an incredible attention to detail and a heart of selflessness as you serve. Mm. Uh, You embodied excellence, something that Wapeca First is so blessed to have. The church you pastor is the very church that Andrew and I grew up in. The very room you minister in uh, was the very room that God used to shape our lives, and I know through you he is doing the same thing in young people today. It is an honor for my family, the students, and the people of Joy Christian Center to invest in you and Carrie's ministry in Wampaca, Wisconsin. Your friend, Tommy. Okay. These are so cool. Sigmord Nicholas. Listen. (laughs) That's so awesome This is such a blessing And we're definitely going to use it for some good stuff This is great Thank you so much (laughs) This is really amazing I can't wait uh, to see what God uses this for
0: Who would have ever guessed that an old sycamore tree Would still be impacting lives today It is such a privilege to be a part of helping others see Jesus That's what being a sycamore is all about
4: Good morning, my name is Brian Sulstrom. this is my wife Paula. And the way I put it, we get to help in student ministry. It's an honor to do what we do. Um, just to let you know on a little journey of where we have been, uh, we've been a part of JOY for going on 25 years And through that time, we've been able to serve in a whole lot of different areas and do a whole lot of different things from, uh, I've been on the worship team a couple times. Paula was the church's first secretary. Uh, We've helped with events and all sorts of different things. But through our whole journey, the constant has been our our time helping in student ministry. Uh, Just after we got married, uh, Pastor Brian approached us and asked if we'd be willing to help out with the youth group, and they... Met in Pastor Brian and Shelley's basement of their house at the time. Um, just after that, the the original building was renovated, and we finally had some space to use. So, uh, with uh, under Pastor Tim and Miss Teresa's leadership at the time, we helped them th- with the youth group. And um, over time, we grew into actually being responsible for the whole youth group ourselves. It was a little overwhelming, but uh, God's grace was always there for us to help us to do what we did for His glory. Um, and then uh, along came a young man named John Jose. Uh, him and his wife, Michelle, came and just offered their services to help us out with the youth group. Uh, you now know him as Pastor John. Uh, he eventually grew to become our first, first youth pastor. Um, but his gifts were, were very evident. So at, at some point, we stepped aside and allowed him to, to take the reins. So we were essentially his first volunteers right after he ended up being our first volunteers. It was kind of ironic how that all happened. But, and then after a time, he passed the reins on to Pastor Tommy and Angela, and you know what, we're, we're still here, because by the grace of God, we've, he's asked us to do this, and he's never said, you're done. He's never said, no, moving you on to something else. So you know what, that's why we keep doing what we're doing, and we just love working with the students and, and doing whatever we can in whatever capacity we can do. Um... Um, I guess, as I thought about today, um, thought about all the different stages that we've gone through in the last 20 years. From when we started, we were newlyweds, and then we started our family, and as we took over the ministry for a while, we had a couple preschoolers in our house, uh, actually probably an infant infant and a, a toddler, and, you know, life was crazy, life was busy, and, you know, as, as you're doing ministry and serving in the church, it's never really convenient, and the enemy tries to make sure that, that you have this idea that you don't have time to serve God. You don't have time to do anything for him because your life is too full. But the awesome thing about it, as, as we have just been, as many of you do, just standing there saying, God, here I am, what do you want me to do? what do you want to do through me? Then you know what? He meets us there. So I know there's so many Wednesday nights that we come here even now and we're like, oh, gee. We don't have time for this. We're just stressed out, and the day has been just dragging us down, and we want nothing more than to just sit at home and veg. But you know what? We've committed to doing this, and God wants us to do this. We show up, and you know what? His grace, his joy, all that stuff just hits us, and we're able to serve with his strength, with his power, with his joy, with his words. And it's just so fun to see what he does. So I just I do encourage you, if you've had any thought, any leanings in your heart, Stop letting the enemy block you. Stop letting your mind block you by telling you that you don't have the right personality for that. Yeah, I I could say that. I could easily say that, you know what, I don't have the right personality to deal with teenagers. It's not about that. It's about what God is choosing to do through us, through you, through what you choose to do and what God has asked you to do. It's your willingness to say, okay, God, here I am. So and even now, we're we able to serve on as executive team members under Pastor Tommy and Angela, and uh, we're trainers within student ministry, uh, just basically helping guide the direction of, of where the ministry is going and doing anything and everything we can to help new leaders and new, new dream team members uh, fit in and find their place and, and get busy uh, serving God within the ministry.
2: being involved in the student ministry for those that amount of time we've been a part of a lot of great things over the years leadership retreats have been awesome conferences lock-ins now that we're older aren't as awesome as they used to be (laughs) and camps (laughs) Um, but most importantly is seeing god work in the lives of the students Um, one thing we always remembered from youth leader trainings was the statement that teens don't care what you know until they know that you care So we feel blessed to have the opportunity to show teens that we care about them, about their lives, the situations they're struggling with, and their futures. It's humbling yet exciting to have a chance to impart God's love and encouragement to students who are at a point in their lives where they need a lot of guidance and positive influences. So we enjoy just being around them and laughing and praying with them. It's the coolest thing to watch them grow, to graduate, get married, and have children of their own Seems crazy, but we love especially when they come back. Then to joy, and we get to hear about the ministries they're involved in now, and um, how God is using them in amazing ways. So we continue to serve in this ministry because we love teens and we love serving with Pastor Tommy and Angela and the rest of the student ministry de- dream team. Yeah,
4: that's right. Well, like I said, being involved in student ministries is 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 a great thing for us. It's it's our spot. It's where we it's where we're called to be. Um, and if you're interested, you know what, free commercial here, just not being asked to do this, but uh, if you're interested in helping with student ministries or whatever, it, or finding whatever it is that God has made you for, be a part of the growth track. Do go through that. Uh, God's going to reveal to you, and some of you already know what you're supposed to be doing, what, what he's asked you to do, and what he's made you for. Just This is a great opportunity to finally plug in and realize that, wow, God can do some amazing things with me, too. Um, so today, uh, speaking of the Student ministry's Dream Team, everything that we do within Student Ministry would be, wouldn't be possible without the Dream Team. And uh, more specifically, today, we're highlighting the Adult Dream Team. Uh, there's a selfless group that uh, we all get to be a part of that give their time, their talent, and their treasure From being small group leaders, we have small groups on Wednesday nights that we do, uh, to serving nachos, playing pool, receiving offering, doing lights, sound, playing in the band, maybe even hosting the night, uh, handing out parent cards, and simply being a person that connects with students. Um, Today we'd like to honor one of our adult Dream Team members, and here's a short video that highlights the impact that they are having within student ministries.
3: I just want to say thank you for everything you do for our church and our youth ministry on Wednesdays
1: and you're a great fisherman and uh, thanks for everything you do hey Paul I just want to take a minute to thank you for everything that you do at church with youth, youth ministry and with the sportsman's group you know you bring your passions and biking uh, hunting, fishing, camping, survival, all those different things to the group, and you, you're a great teacher, and uh, you know, we just couldn't do it without you. Really appreciate that, and also all the other skills that you bring with woodworking and things like that. Um, you're definitely a great asset to the team.
0: And Paul, thank you for helping out a church and student ministry and your small group.
1: Hey Paul, I just want to thank you for all you do for the youth group and thank you for being a great role model in my life. I really look up to you.
0: Thank you Paul for helping out at the small group night and teaching us all those cool amazing skills you have and putting up with us. Thank you. Hi! Hi. We would like to let you know that merge should not be the same without
2: you. Thank you for everything that you do. You're amazing!
5: Paul, I believe you're here in the room. If you could come join us down here on the platform, I'd appreciate it. Let's give him a hand as he comes. I think he was thinking, I don't have to do this. (laughs) Come on up here, man. Come on up here. Um, Paul's already like, I don't like this. I don't like this. Um, Paul, you are such a blessing. You're such a blessing. And uh, as we were preparing for today, I realized that every single member of your family has served within student ministry. Every single member of them have served in student ministry. And uh, that wouldn't happen without a great dad, That wouldn't happen without a great man of God. And we are so appreciative of everything that you do. Um, You might not know this, but uh, in Paul's wood shop at his home, he's made every single sycamore necklace that we've ever handed out. And through the sycamore necklaces, we were actually able to support, uh, to my knowledge, at least one whole student ministry through the selling of them. We've raised $500, so I just think that's awesome. (laughs) So um, you definitely have a selflessness when you serve and, uh, You're never looking for the credit and you're always showing up and handing out our parent cards. Paul is the first face that parents see and students see when they drop them off on a Wednesday night. Paul hands them a parent card and it's such an honor to have you involved. So we have a gift for you that we would like to give you um, that Angela has. Uh, In there is um, a pretty fancy Leatherman tool um, for you. Now, to my knowledge, like I was thinking about this, what do you give a guy that has Everything and whatever he doesn't have, he can build it. So, um, I've. <laughs> belly button lint brush. Yes, a belly button lint brush would be awesome. Um, gosh, we missed that one. Um, uh, you have one already. All right. Um, there's also um, a Dairy Queen gift card in there for you because I know you love Dairy Queen. So uh, we love you and thank you so much for being in student ministry. <laughs> Well, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Tommy. I'm one of the pastors here at Joy, and specifically I have the opportunity of uh, serving the student ministry and overseeing that, and it's such an honor and a privilege to do that. Um, I'd like to thank Pastor Brian for giving me the opportunity to speak and to welcome those of you who are joining us online and also to say thank you to all of you who are live with us in St. Cloud. Why don't you give yourselves a hand? Generally, when I have the opportunity to speak, I always like to uh, give us an update as to what is happening within the student ministry. But after seeing the Sycamore video and the youth pastors and youth groups that have been impacted and then honoring one of our team members, I feel like you have a good taste of what student ministry is all about here at Joy Christian Center. Um, We are not about ourselves. We're about reaching out into this world. And we're so happy that we were able to uh, um, help a church that's all the way in Wisconsin or um, you know it's, it's just amazing to see what God is doing within the, the lives of students here and even in the lives of the adult team members. Um, it's really really a blessing uh, to be a part of. Um, today I wanted to draw our attention to a verse found in Galatians chapter 5 verse 1. It says it is for freedom that Christ set us free. It is for freedom That Christ set us free. So, what does that mean? That means that Jesus set us free. So that we could have freedom in our life. Now, I know some of you might be thinking, wow, we are really going deep today. But I think it's very important for all of us to understand that Christ set us free so that we could have freedom in our life. He did not set us free so that we could be controlled by a dictator. He did not set us free so that he could tell us what to do and when to do it all the time. He didn't set us free so that he could control us. He set us free so that we could have freedom in our life. So, What type of freedom? He he set us free so that we could have freedom from fear, so that we could have freedom from shame. He set us free so that we could uh, experience freedom from addictions. And he set us free ultimately so that we could experience freedom from sin in our life. Now in a group this size, I have the understanding that there is probably some of us that have not experienced the freedom that Jesus has to offer. There's some of us gathered right here where fear is overwhelming you or shame is overwhelming you or maybe regret or sin or maybe the addiction you have in your life, it's overwhelming you and you might be thinking, gosh, I've tried everything. I've tried everything to overcome in these situations. I've tried everything to experience freedom from these situations and I wanna let you know today, I don't believe it's because you need to try something else. Or it's because you haven't worked harder. What I want to encourage you to do today is to rest in the fact that Jesus has already made you free. That Jesus has already done all of the work. He accomplished it on the cross many, many years ago. You don't have to do anything. You just need to rest in what Jesus has already done for you. Now, some of us might be wondering, well, I don't know how that would work. Why would resting in the fact that Jesus uh, gave me freedom from fear help me? Well, I'll, I'll explain it to you. When you have a moment where anxiety is overwhelming you and taking over you and you can't sleep, you can't rest, or maybe if you are laying down in your bed, your mind doesn't stop working and stop churning and and stop stop creating fear in you. In that moment, if you say, I thank you, Jesus, that you have given me freedom over fear and that this fear doesn't have to uh, uh, take me over anymore. And I'll tell you, in that moment your whole mindset completely changes. And you're not thinking about the fear anymore, you're thinking about the accomplished work of Jesus Christ in your life, and that fear can't stand in the midst of Jesus' presence there. Or even addiction, or um, temptation. When temptation comes your way, and you're thinking, "Oh, I'd really like to do this, but I know I shouldn't do it. And you find in yourself that you're not able to withstand those moments. In that moment, if you decide to focus on Jesus and say, Jesus, I thank you that you've given me victory in this moment and that I'm not chained to this addiction, I'm not chained to this temptation, and through you I can overcome, I will tell you, you can have freedom in your life in that moment. Freedom in your life to stay if you so choose. The second thing I'd like to encourage you if you haven't experienced freedom in your life is that you are surrounded by a huge amount of people today that have experienced that freedom in their life. By a raise of hands, if you've experienced freedom from fear, I'd like you to raise your hands and keep your hand up. If you've experienced freedom from shame, you can raise your hands. If you've experienced freedom from addiction, you can raise your hands. If you've experienced freedom from sin in your life, you can raise your hands and that's so awesome. You can put your hands down. That is the work of Jesus in our life. That's the work of God in our life. And it's such an amazing thing to experience, an amazing thing to have. But I want you to know God has more for you. God has more for you. He doesn't want to just set you free. So I have a question for you. And I'm not looking for an answer. I just want you to think about it. Why did Jesus set you free? We read in the Bible, he set us free so we could have freedom, but why individually did Jesus set you free? Why you in particular? It is my understanding that Jesus set us free so that we could experience the promises of God working in and through our life. He set us free so we could experience the promises of God working in and then through our life now some of you as you 're sitting here you already are, are thinking about some of the promises of God and there are others that maybe you don 't know that that the Bible is filled with different promises for people that follow God and I want to go through some promises with you rather quickly in first Corinthians chapter fifteen We are promised victory. It says he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. In John 14, we're promised peace. It says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. In Proverbs chapter 4, we're actually promised health. It says the words of God are health to one's whole body. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, we're promised love. For the Spirit of God gives us power love, and self-discipline. Psalm 91, we're very familiar with Psalm 91 around here, right? We just had Psalm 91 Sunday just a few weeks ago. We're promised protection. It says, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. In Romans 15, we are promised joy. It says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, we're promised abundance. It says, And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. In Joshua 1.8, we're promised success. It says, Keep this book of the law always on your lips, Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. So we are given all kinds of promises. And that is a a very small portion of the amount of promises that Scripture says that we've been given by the power of God. So here's, here's the thing though. There are many people across the world that have put their faith in Jesus and have experienced freedom from him. But there are also many people that have not yet experienced the promises of God than working in and through their life. So they've been free to experience the promises of God, but they aren't yet experiencing the promises of God. To, to make it more simple, it means they're missing out. God has way more for them and yet they're missing out. So why is it that uh, you and I as Christians, as believers in God, that we understand that God has all these promises and yet we live our life without having those promises working in and through our life? Why does that happen? It happens because we play a part in seeing the promises of God working in and through our life and many times we fail to understand that. We fail to understand that we play a part in seeing God's promises work through us and work in us. So, what is our part to play? What are we supposed to do? Maybe some of you, you've never heard this before, but in the verses that I read that talked about the promises of God, it says, if we want peace, does anyone want peace in your life? All right, peace is a good thing. We want peace in our life, then it says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Right in the same verse, then don't let your hearts be troubled. So if you have fear in your life and anxiety, what God is saying to you is don't let your hearts be troubled. If you don't let your heart be troubled, you won't have to deal with the lack of peace in your life. If we want protection, again, Psalm 91, it says then we have to say the Lord is my refuge and make him our most high dwelling place. God gives us protection, promises his protection, but if we want the protection in our life, we need to claim with our voice and say that he is our refuge. That's how it works. There's a part that we play. So anytime that our family leaves town and, and, and we go on vacation or go on a longer road trip, Angela always prays over our family as we're traveling. What we are doing is acknowledging the protection that God has to offer over us in that moment. And as, as years have gone by, I've started to realize we need to pray when we are on our way to Walmart. We need to pray when we're on our way way to, you know, to wherever. To go out to eat so that the protection of God is over us. He promised it. It's our part that we need to do to end up winding, winding up receiving it. If we want joy in our life, it says we receive it as we trust him. We receive the joy of God as we trust him. So if you're not experiencing joy in your life, ask yourself, How much are you trusting God? Because those things work hand in hand according to scripture. I didn't say it. It's it's, it's right there in the Bibles that that we have in our hand and, and sitting on a table at home. If we trust him, we'll experience that in our life. So, like I said, it's possible that many of us, we want to see the promises at work in our life but we are unaware of what to do to make that happen. It's like the promises are all locked up and we think, what is the combination? What do we need to do to see the promises that worked in my life? What do I need to be about doing? Thankfully, there is an answer to that question found in 1 Peter 2 or sorry, 2 Peter chapter 1. Um, The scripture will be on the screen and we'll read it together. It says, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. In view of all of this, in view of all of this, so in view of what? In view of the fact that God has given us everything we need to live a godly life in view of the fact that God's given us everything we need to live a godly life, and in view of the fact that he's given us great and precious promises, in view of the fact that those promises, when applied to our life, we can actually take on the divine nature of God and overcome the world and all of the things it tries to tempt us with and trap us with and take our freedom away from us. By taking on those promises, we can overcome the world. So in view of all of those things, then Peter goes on to say this, make every effort, every effort to respond to God's promises. So we know what God's promises are, and then even Peter says there's a part we play in making sure those promises take place in our life. Make every effort to respond to God's promises, supplement your faith with a generous, generous provision. And here's the combination, all right? To unlocking the power of God and his promises at work in your life. It's This is it. Moral excellence. And moral excellence with knowledge. And knowledge with self-control. And self-control with patient endurance. And patient endurance with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love for everyone. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Then verse 10 says, "Do these things and you will never fall away." Do these things and you will never fall away. Then God will give you a grand entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's the combination right there. If we're about doing those things and applying those things to our life, that is playing our part in seeing the promises of God at work in and through our life. What's important for you to understand is we don't get to pick and choose which one of those we want to do. That's the combination. You have to do those things. If you don't do those things, you don't unlock it. It isn't worth getting two of the numbers of the combination right. If you don't do the last one, it's not going to unlock. Correct? It's not going to unlock. So in view of God's promises, Peter says, make every effort to do these things. So what was the first thing that he told us to do? It said to be morally excellent. Morally excellent. What does that mean? That means to be good. To be good. Now, when it comes to salvation in Jesus, there's nothing you can do to earn that. You can't buy salvation. You can't be good enough to experience salvation. That's a free gift given to us for us to then receive if we so choose. The blessings of God I feel are very different from that. There is a part that we play in seeing those things take place. You cannot be a bad person and experience the blessings of God. You could be a bad person and maybe experience the blessings of this world that does not mean you're experiencing the blessing of God. So be morally excellent. It goes on and it says knowledge. Knowledge. What does what What does that mean? We need to be increasing our knowledge of God. We need to be increasing our knowledge about him. Uh, Angela and I have talked several times as we've we've been going through this Bible reading plan that we've been doing here at Joy, uh, reading through the Bible in in a year. There are so many things I never knew were in there. And I know I've read the Bible through at least two or three times in my life. And Angela and I are thinking, Oh my, I never knew that happened. That's such a crazy story. And Angela has, has, has decided like if she was ahead of me in the reading plan, she was going to keep a portion of the story a secret until I caught up to her because it was such an amazing thing. Things that I never knew were in there. And I'm a pastor. We got to increase in our knowledge of God. Now, um, as I was uh, kidding around with our daughter, because she's a, a very good student, about potentially being the valedictorian when she graduates. She's like, What is that? I said, I really don't know. It just means you get to give a speech when, when you graduate. She's like, I know exactly what I would say. And I said, You do. All right, well, step on up. What would you say? Stand right at the island in our kitchen. So she's, she stands up and she goes, friends, we don't have to learn anymore. That's what. <laughs> and I thought to myself, you would go viral if you, if you said that. That would be amazing. And Angela's like, no, wait, wait, wait. You always need to be about learning. You're never going to know enough about God that you can justify not needing to learn anymore. So knowledge, knowledge. Um, after knowledge, it says self-control. There are many of us that feel we have great self-control, but what we really have is great, a great ability to avoid things. Whenever heat or pressure comes, we leave, we, we take the first exit, and then we come back when everything is calm and nice again, and we tell ourselves, look at how I did that. The house was in chaos, and then I left, went, went to the gas station, and came back, and now everything is better. Man, I'm an amazing dad. No, 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 no. You're amazing at avoiding. You're amazing at leaving when the pressure is hot. You know you have self-control in your life when you go through a situation, not avoiding it, and you don't compromise people's look at you. You don't compromise yourself as a Christian. You don't compromise yourself as a man or a woman of God or a young man or a young lady of God. You don't compromise yourself as a, as a father or a parent or a friend or a co-worker. That is when you know you have self-control. Self-control isn't, oh, I better leave this situation, otherwise I'm going to blow up. Self-control is, I want to blow up, but I'm keeping myself controlled. Does that make sense? All right, so on top of that, patient endurance. What what does patient endurance mean? It means that we understand we don't get to dictate when things happen in our life, but we are going to be patient doing everything we need to do until that Finish line or till that thing comes to pass in our life. That's what patient endurance means. Then godliness. What is godliness? Evan, we've been talking about godliness all the time. Why is there godliness written here? I've been been thinking about this and digesting this in my mind, and my heart, and I came to this conclusion that godliness is being a person of forgiveness, being a person of grace, a person of second chances, A person that sees people maybe not as who they are, but who they can be. That's being godly. Then the end, the last two, it talks about brotherly affection and love for everyone. Brotherly affection and love for everyone. In scripture, you probably know this. It says, they will know that you are Christians or my followers by our what? By our love. Our love for one another and our love for everyone else. One of the greatest testimonies in my mind from Saturday morning men's coffee, uh, where they get together at a local coffee shop uh, in Sauk Rapids on Saturday morning, was when I heard uh, the story about someone that was not in the group, walking up to a person that was in the small group, said, why are you guys like hugging each other? Why are you loving on each other? This is so weird. Grown men crying and praying for each other. What is happening? Do you know what is happening? Love. That's what's happening right there. It's love. And the world is used to seeing a Christian and a Christian and no love between them. So what what the combination is, let's learn to have brotherly love. Love amongst ourselves. And when we get that right, guess what? Then we can embrace the idea of love for everyone. That's the combination. That's the idea of unlocking the promises of God in your life. You can't skip one just like you can't skip a number in a combination lock. We need to go through all of those if we're going to see that happen in our life. So I got a final story I want to share with you. A few weeks ago, Angela and I decided we wanted to go to the gym uh, that's always generally a fun experience for us. But this time we wanted to take the kids so we could all go swimming at the gym. That changes a lot of things. Uh, that means that we have to actually use the locker room and put towels and clothes and shampoo and different things in there. And uh, so we're getting ready to go or on that day, and we realized that because we're going to use the locker room, we needed locks for our locker room. So Angela's like, do you know where the locks are? I said, well, I think so. I think they're on top of the fridge. So I go there and sure enough, all the locks are there. And then Angela says, do you know what the combination is? uh, (laughs) no, there is a problem, you know. So we kind of mess around with the combination a little bit, trying to figure it out and trying to pull it and nothing's happening. And then after a few moments, Angela says to me, I would like to think that we are smart enough people to have wrote or written the combination down on something that we wouldn't have thrown away. And I said, you know, I agree. I would like to think we're smart enough people to do that too. A few minutes later, I went back to her. I said, we are not smart enough people to write down the combinations to these locks. And so our daughter, uh, Jordan, she, she takes a lock and she goes, I think I remember what it is. I said, no, you don't. There's no way you could. We use the locks once and you know what the combination is. And that was months ago. So she sits down at a dining room table and she's messing with the lock. I was like, good luck. So I go into our bedroom. I'm laying on the bed. I got the, pocket, the, po- the lock in my pocket and I'm laying on the bed thinking about today, thinking about the fact that I can't figure out this combination and, and just laying there. And and I will tell you, without the combination, this is just a paperweight. It, it it's there's no value in this other than a rock outside your house. You just sit it down because without the combination, this means nothing. So I'm laying on my bed and three numbers come to my mind. Three numbers. And I thought, ah, oh, that's really close to the other numbers that I've been trying. And, and it was like, no, you should try this. So I roll over, I enter the combination, and the lock opened. When the lock opened, I then got to have the privilege of experiencing everything Master Lock is known for in my life. The security of Master Lock, the strength of Master Lock, the idea that no one can just figure out the combination by accident, Master Lock. In fact, my daughter, after sitting at the table for a little bit, actually figured out the combination and unlocked it. I was like, how is that even possible? That's not supposed to happen. You're a genius. And I thought, you are going to be the valedictorian. When this thing got unlocked, all the possibilities were then given to me. And when we unlock the promises of God at work in our life, you are going to feel that same satisfaction. You're going to see the strength. You're going to witness the peace. You're going to witness the abundance, the success, the joy that God has to offer you because we did our part because we did our part. Why don't you close your eyes, bow your heads. Today it's very possible that some of you, you're not to the promises part. You are at the freedom stage trying to understand the fact that Jesus has given you freedom. So if you're here today and you haven't experienced freedom from your sin, freedom from shame, freedom from fear, or, or freedom from addiction, I'd just like you to stretch out your hand. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to pray with you. Thank you. I see that hand. You can put it down. Anyone else? Thank you. I see those hands. You can put it down. Anyone else saying, I need to experience freedom. Thank you. I see those hands. Thank you. I see the hand. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. I see those hands. You know the freedom that you need in your life. It could be from fear. It could be from pain, shame, addiction. Maybe it's from sin in your life. And in order to experience that, you need to go through Jesus. So um, let's just pray this prayer all together and join with those that are praying this. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the freedom that has been given to us by the sacrifice of your Son, I thank you that he paid the price that I couldn't pay so that I could experience freedom from sin, from addiction, from shame, and from fear. I accept this gift that you've given me in your glorious and holy name. Amen. Let's uh, give a hand to those that... This is absolutely amazing. Uh, Graduates, I'm going to uh, call your name uh, one at a time. According to our records of who graduated this year, if for some reason your name isn't on the list and you graduated high school in 2017, you can please come and join us up at the front as well. So... Um, Liz Wilson Brandon Alf Cody Benicki Matthew Catlin Hunter Freilich Colby Grayton Tanner Hammer Brent Heron Brianna Heron Hannah Hatling Tyler Hauer Brooke Helget, Kenzie Jacobs Madeline Joes Alexa Bay Komsensauk Laura Leonard Haley McKendez, Tierra Pillis, Paul Schweeders, Adam Smith, Aaron Stanchfield, Eric Stockmeyer, Dawson Thom, Kaya Weeks, and Skylar Zylenga, if you could all please come. Let's give them a hand. <laughs> this is a great. Bunch of kids, isn't it? How you doing, man? What's your name? Alex. Alex? All right. Um, I was thinking about this. Your first day of high school was probably a very nerve wracking time for you. At least it was for your parents. Of like, oh my gosh, this is my baby. And and regardless if you're the oldest child, in that moment you're still the baby. And if you were the baby of the family, you're the baby because they're going to high school. But here's the cool thing. Through scripture, we find that God has given you everything you need. Everything you need to have succeeded in that stage of life. And you know what? You guys have. You guys have. You've graduated. And we can look at this next stage of life with that same mindset of, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, what what am I going to do? How is it all going to work? This is very, very scary. And it's going to be for your parents as well. But here's the cool thing. God's given you everything you need to succeed in this next stage of life. Everything you need to live a godly life, even as a freshman in college. Amen? So, Here's the thing. We want to give you something to help you remember, though, that you have a part to play. So we've given you a master lock, uh, an individual one. It all has a different combination, so I'm told. And there's also a $5 Walmart gift card in the back so you can buy ramen noodles and eat. So... So today we went through the tools and the combination to unlocking the promises of God in your life. And it's not up to your parents. It never was, really. It's now up to you to experience the promises of God working in your life. They've done what they can do to train you. As a church, we've done what we can do to train you. And now you're getting put out into the real world, some people say, but the truth is you've been living in the real world for a real long time. And you know what? God has been faithful and he will continue to be faithful to each and every one of you. Amen? Amen. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for these that are graduating high school. I thank you, Lord, for the memories that they have with friends, with family, uh, playing sports, being a part of extracurricular activities and just doing amazing things as as they have grown up. Lord, we thank you for the part that they've played in our church, Lord, in, in doing ministry and being a part of what happens here. And Lord, as they are going to this next stage of life, I pray that they would know that many things do change but one thing doesn't and that is you. You are still their God. You are still for them. You're still blessing them. You're still watching over them. And Lord, I pray that they would experience you as being closer than a brother as they go through this next stage of life in your glorious and holy name. Amen. Thank you, guys.
2: We're so happy you joined us today. If you're ever in the St. Cloud area, we invite you to join us for one of our 9 or 1045 a.m. services. If you made a decision today to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, we'd love to hear about it. We invite you to email us or contact us through our website, greatjoy.org.